You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Okay. okay so tell your neighbor you are going to fast O. Right. No, no, you didn't get no, you didn't put the O. You have to tell another person, tell them you are going to fast O. Alright. This, this is not the season to be seen at 12 noon with toothpick. You know, or with oil stains on your shirt and they have no. Please, let's not quarrel. Let's do this together. Okay? Uh, so if you follow us on social media, we will put some direction about the fast. Uh, this week, we will start the fast on Tuesday. And each evening, we'll have prayers together as a church on Zoom. And so there will be directions on social media. That will be out. Okay. L- yes, Tuesday. It's Tuesday. This Tuesday. Put alarm on your phone. It's Tuesday. Don't wake up at n- and then by 9, you have eaten. Oh, I forgot this. No. Even if you would eat at 9, you will start the fast there. Okay, <laughs> we're doing this together. All right, praise God. So uh, I preached this message today. Um, it's one I think there's been contention about in the sense that I don't think I've ever felt the amount of pressure about not preaching a message or not being available to preach a message. I woke up this morning about 4.30 and I was like, rain on a Sunday morning? Is this not spiritual rain? <laughs> but... Um, I'm going to try and preach. Well, Bumi Otegbade is going to help me at some point. Uh, it's very, if you don't know Bumi, you'll find him. He's a very intelligent young man. Uh, and single, from what I hear. Okay. <laughs> right. First Samuel chapter 16 and verse 1. First Samuel chapter 16 and verse 1. First Samuel 16 and 1, I read to you hearing. Now, the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul? Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. And then God says, fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. Fill your horn with oil and go. Fill your horn with oil and go. And, and if you've never been a life point, this is, I get by most of my message by telling you to tell someone something. So would you help me tell the person next to you, fill your horn with oil and get moving. So today we're talking about this whole gamut of emotions, about sadness, about a bit about depression, about joy. Okay. Um, and if, if there was ever a, if sadness was a competition, an Olympic sport, there are possibilities that at certain times in my life I could have represented Nigeria. <laughs> no, I could have been sad competitively, you know, as in, you know, when somebody comes to you and says, ah, Falabi, I'm sad. They say, ah, let me tell you my own. <laughs> and when you finish that, they say, yes, Falabi, I agree. <laughs> sada, sada is a word, right? Sada is a word. Is that why I say that? Sada, is that a word? No, you know. <laughs> your, your sadness is more than mine. <laughs> All right? And so I could have been sad competitively. Um, if there was a, an association of sad people, I could have been, well, maybe not your vice chairman, <laughs> vice, vice CEO. But here, God says to Samuel, he, I mean, an obvious in the conversation, that Samuel is in a tough place. Why is Samuel in a tough place? Samuel has staked a lot of his ministry on Saul. He's gone through this whole process. They want a king. 
you know, God, they say they want a king. God says, give them a king. And Samuel goes into this whole prophetic, you know, thing and produces the king. This is the king is here. He said, and the king comes. And the king doesn't, you know, it's, I can't get political because it's going to say, it's like when they promise you change and then you don't, you don't, but I, I can't get political. It's a bit too early for that. But it's like, you know, when, when, so, so Samuel is in that place where the king, Saul has messed up the project. He was the project of his life. So when he's walking on the road, they're saying that is the prophet that gave us the king that did not work. And I suspect things have really gone bad with, because for God to come down to you and say, why are you mourning? That means people have been trying to comfort you. Ah, take it easy. He didn't send you Valentine's Day. It's okay. God loves you. Leave me. God loves me. Where are the flowers? I thought he liked me. He used to he sit beside me in church. And by February 10th, he sent me a special text. He sent me a text. That text, it looked, but it's a Bible verse. I know. He selected it. It was about from First John. Don't you know First John, the book of love? And then on, on the 13th, he liked my post on Instagram. And on the 14th, I, I woke up early. I opened my WhatsApp, charged my phone, told the girl at front desk, if they're looking for me, my full names are Enyolua. <laughs> my middle name is Sarah. <laughs> Just in case. And nothing came. And everybody's gathered around you and said, Ini, take it easy. It's not the end of the world. It'll be Valentine next year. Don't worry. You're a nice person. But it's not enough. And then God shows up himself. How long? <laughs> and, and in this discussion with Saul, with Samuel, one of the things that strikes me is that God says to Saul, Samuel, it says, you, you do contribute to determining how long sadness will last. It says, how long will you mourn for Saul? How long? It says, I know you made a mistake. And I love Tito's God experience. Because there is someone here, not there might be, who's gone through similar things in life. And you've tied a lot of your emotional state to the mistakes that happened when you were much younger, much less wise. And God says, how long will you mourn? And, and I know how, how you can be in that place. Uh, there's a phrase I use for myself sometimes. I say, is this phrase where you say you are beating yourself. Uh, there's a time in my life where I said, if I had treated other people the way I treated myself, I would probably be in jail already. And, and the reason some of us do that is because we can clearly see we're in very intimate knowledge about the mistakes of the life that we have lived. And so God says to Samuel, fill your horn with oil and go. And I like that. This whole concept started in my head about the fact that there is joy in our movement. That there is kingship in the options that lie ahead of us. My pastor always says to us, us that the best of God is not in our past, is in the future. He says to him, there are options in Jesse's house. And he says there is kingship there. There is something that will restore how you feel. God is concerned about how we feel. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 2 to 3. Uh, Jesus quotes this later in the book of Luke. He says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes 
The fact that you are in Zion doesn't mean you may not mourn. It says to give them beautiful ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that God may be glorified. Prophet Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 8.22, Is there no balm in Gilead? Speak about sadness. Sadness is a characteristic of a broken world. Sadness is a fact of a broken world. I, I remember one time talking about when we're doing dealing with depression, I said, sadness is often the shadow that a broken world casts upon the human soul. So you don't have to try to be sad. There's a lot that just makes you sad. You don't have to, you don't have to make an effort. You live in Nigeria, you don't have to make an effort to be sad. You just wake up in the morning, they said the snake ate 36 billion, million. <laughs> you know, you're like, you went to school, I went to school. <laughs> when a sailor goes to the sea, or goes up, for those of you who like going on boats, rides, you're not surprised when the, waves, when the winds or the waves try to topple your boat. You're only surprised if whoever's pushing out the boat, the big boat, doesn't put up the sail to master the winds. And so God says this, you know, to the prophet, fill your horn with oil and go. Would you please tell someone next to you, please go. Tell them to move. Tell them to move. Tell them to move. This morning I'm going to talk about, and this is the concept that put in my head, about the movement that I believe God has, you know, called us to as people in this season. I believe there's movement in our spirit, of our spirit, and of our minds, and even of our body. But just before I do that, I'm just going to invite, where's Bumio Tegbade? Let's welcome Bumio Tegbade. Uh, is he gone? Oh, you're here. Oh, you have a laptop. It's an Apple laptop. You will come. <laughs> okay, Bumi's got five minutes to share. All right. Us, five and a half. You make it quick. Okay. Thank you, Pierre. Um, good morning, church. Sorry, I'm not a real pastor. I heard I would have a, an iPad if I were a real pastor. Someone told me that today. Um, okay, so... I just want to tell you a quick, um, how many big children in the house, people like me, if you've ever seen this movie, Inside Out, yeah, awesome, it was a, it was a movie that um, essentially this little girl, she was 11 years old and she was going through multiple emotional ranges, so one of them was joy, right, then the next was anger, sadness, fear, and then um, envy or disgust, envy or disgust. Okay. Um, it was one of my own first kind of, uh, you know, entry points into, oh, so this is what is always going on. Obviously, by the time she hit puberty, um, it became like 200 different emotions um, instead of just those base five. Now, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. If you know me, you know that I'm mostly always even keel, right? It's just pretty chill, never really too much. Yeah. Um, and you also know that I really care about my work and it's a major part of my identity as one of, as one of those things. But February last year, you couldn't get me to care about my own safety. 
I had hit such a horrible place of depression. And I don't think I understood that it was depression either. Um, this company I built and spent a lot of time, energy, you know, life, all of this. Somebody had come and essentially destroyed it back down to ground zero. And that, not, that was not even a problem for me. But, you know, I spent four months building it back up. And it was at a point where it felt like, you know what, okay, this thing might work. But there's a, when, when depression starts, and you know, I, I really loved listening to Tito's uh, God Experience. Um, this is nothing like it, but the effect is the same. When depression starts, it starts with one thing, one small piece of sadness. And for me, it was, can you imagine, after all the work I've done in my life, like, I'm just studying all over again, right? Um, and yes, we have moved forward, but it's just not enough. It's not where I thought I would be. And so it started a downward spiral that lasted maybe about six or seven weeks. Um, I, you know, you tend, to, you tend to beat yourself up a lot um, and say, oh, you know, you didn't do this well, you didn't do that well. Um, for me, it can be so bad. Like I tend to, I, I, I beat myself up a lot sometimes. It can be so bad that if I miss your phone call, and everyone knows I'm not that great with the phone. If I miss your phone call, I think, oh, I'll call you back in the evening. Then when I don't call back in the evening, I feel bad about it. Then I keep feeling bad until it is three weeks. And then three months. And then when I think about the person that I'm supposed to call, I start getting angry at myself all over again. Sometimes it's not an external force. Sometimes it's internal. And you are the one that is causing the problems. I wrote here saying that, you know, the stories you tell you about you define you. Watch what you tell yourself. You are listening. Because that cage can just continue to hold you in there. Let me tell you about three friends of mine. Um, in the book of Daniel, chapter 1, verse 19, there were these, the three of them were, I mean, you know, they are, they are my, they're not like my friend, friend, but you know what I mean. Um, in Daniel 1, 19, you know, these young men, three of them had been taken from, from Israel and brought into Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. And, you know, the Bible says that, oh, you know, after the king talked to everybody, it was like there's none like these three guys, right? But then let's go to chapter 3, verse 16, 16 to 25 really quickly. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king. I think, you know, the king had told them to bow down to the gods, right, to his gods. And, he, and they said, oh, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Okay, next verse. Um, if... It is that we, we either bow down or, we throw, or you throw us into this furnace of fire. You know what? We choose the fire. We, we, we are not arguing about this. Next verse. Um, please, next verse. Sorry, 19. Yes, then Nebuchadnezzar, mind you, this is the guy who took them from, uh, in captivity and said, you are the best in my kingdom. I'm promoting you. I'm going to, you know, and you can imagine, like, for any of us, it means your career is on the up, right? Everything about you, 
you are you are the freshest you are the you are the flyest girl around everything is going really well and then all of a sudden this conflict occurs and then the the king is like you know what um and commanded that the that 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 the uh, his soldiers heat the furnace up seven times more than it was usually heated verse 20 and anyway they threw them into the fiery furnace right next verse even uh, so these men were bound in their coats their trousers their turbans and other garments and were cast into the fiery furnace now let's go to verse 27 which is the the key one here verse 27 You see that, long story short, these guys said, look, God is going to be with us if you throw us into this furnace. And even if, you, even if God is not with us, right, we will be perfectly okay. Nothing is going to go wrong. I just want to highlight the point. I, I'm not seeing it in the verse. Maybe it's verse 26 that I'm looking for. Just one, one step back. Long story short, I, I know some people don't know the story. That's why I'm trying to get into it. But Nebuchadnezzar was surprised because they threw three men into the furnace. And there was a fourth one walking around with them in there. And it said there in the Bible that, isn't, didn't we throw people? Why is there a fourth man moving around? And I think the key point here is, whatever depression you are going through, whatever difficulty, if you know the one truth that God is with me, Jesus is with me in this cage. For me, it was such a, it was a cold fire. You know, a cold furnace where you're just there and you're stuck. Cannot reach friends. Nobody can reach you. You're just there. You're just on your own. Um, There's a truth that you have to keep in mind. None of us gets outside and says, oh, I'm worried that the sky is not going to be there when I come out. Or when I leave my house, I won't have enough oxygen to breathe. It's not a dilemma that we face. If you recognize that there is no dilemma to face in terms of Christ being with you, then I think it helps in sort of recognizing how to come out of those depressions or even how to stay in the depression while you are in it. Thank you. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together and celebrate, but we thank you so much. And when Bumi speaks about this scripture, it reminds me of a prayer that I said was dropped in my heart when we started discussing me and my emotions. That's line. That our hearts will become like Goshen. Goshen is the place in scripture where God's people lived in Egypt. And the Bible says all the plagues would come down. Not all. Some of the plagues then came down on Egypt. And the Bible says it did not touch Goshen. And I felt this prayer at the beginning of this whole series. Saying that as Christians we need to get to the place where our hearts are protected by God. The going-ons outside do not do not impact our hearts. And, and so, I, you know, Samuel, fill your horn with oil and go. Get moving. And I, this picture, you know, because, because I did consulting some time back, and that picture is just a small model of movement began to play in my heart. And because I, this is how I'll take you through the four things. One is an active body an active body. But the human body was created to move. 
um, people who are medical people tell you that when you move your body, especially in particular ways, when you exercise, for example, I don't know if you notice, but you tend to feel happier because your body actually releases, it's created in such a way that you release, um, what do we call this thing, follow me? You went to school. You start, what did you study? So, sorry to put you on the spot, but, but somebody who knows this thing, um, endorphins, I'm just testing you guys, endorphins. <laughs> your body actually records, you know, and, and, and sometimes uh, managing your emotions, part of the creation of the joy movement, as I'll call it, it's just keeping your body in shape and moving. Now, I'm not talking about how, what you wear or what you don't wear. And my simple principle is that what you wear or don't wear, all it is is that your body should be able to do what you want it to do. So if you want to run, your body should be able to run. Simple. Okay? Because the fact that you are slim does not mean you are fit. Uh-huh. So me, now you see that I'm, you know, fit all six, and I'm slim all six packs. I don't run marathon. I don't run. I don't even run five k, okay. Um, two and a half k. I'm sure I can take, but I don't run five k. Sometimes it's about diet. When the prophet is running away from Jezebel, all dejected, all sad. The Bible says there was a time in that sadness he gets to a place where he says, "I'm no better than my fathers." The Bible says he yearns. I just want to die. When God sends an angel to the prophet, the first thing he says to him, eat and drink. It's amazing how much sadness is somewhat, sometimes just related to hunger. Sometimes you're just like, oh, I'm just feeling sad, just feeling sad. And when you eat, you just feel, ah, everything comes together. <laughs> everything comes together. Would you help me tell someone next to you, please take care of your body. Uh, the Bible says that our body is the temple Adrian, I didn't say you should tell her you want to take care of her body. <laughs> Jesus. You need to be coming to church. In fact, this fast, you and I are prayer partners. <laughs> Our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And when God wants to pour oil into our horns, is our sometimes... It's this body that needs to carry it. And you need to get to the place where your body functions in the way God has designed it to function, to take care of your body. It's extremely important. And I won't dwell too much about that. I'll talk about the second thing, which is a nimble mind. A nimble mind. I like Philippians chapter 4, and I think it's verse 8, in the message translation. It says, summing it up, all up, friends. I'll say you do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Because there's, you know, conversations that come out of what you put inside your mind and how your mind works that determine whether you would experience a release of the oil of joy or not. Um, In the Psalms, 
the sound writer David will say, I think in Psalm 42 verse 5, Psalm 42 verse 11, Psalm 43 and verse 5, he will say, why my soul are you downcast? One of my pastors in the, you know, much younger, he says, David sits his soul down and begins to have a conversation with the soul. Why are you so disturbed within me? He says, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. That we need to learn how to use our imagination and our thinking to gain mastery over unpleasant memories. And I don't know, I know, I suspect some of you have never had unpleasant memories and that is fine. But there's a broad range of things that we cannot easily forget. However, how we use those things in our minds, in our memory, in our imagination is important. I say that you must keep your imagination positive, tied to the promises of God. What are the things you are imagining? Are you imagining pictures, well, let me go there right here, of your wedding day? Any. <laughs> And I'm, and I'm just drawing from that example of Valentine, no flowers. Just, so just, uh, just. Are you imagining pictures of you just blessed? Are you imagining pictures? Because I know, oh, so it's okay to sit down and we talk, but every single person has an imagination. You'll be surprised. The person who is sitting next to you, you think you're both listening to this message. No. Someone is, as we're talking now, is imagining lunch. There's a guy here who is just imagining, how do I block any after service? How? 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 He said, I know Adriel will go there. I'll just stand in front of Adriel like this. How? How? So not all of us are here. We're not all here. <laughs> but what you use your imagination for, Paul says in Philippians, he says, the best and not the worst. In fact, I remember saying years ago how that fear comes by using your imagination for things that you do not desire. So the Bible says that fear has torment. So you know you have no desire for that thing, but you let your imagination work on it. You know you have no desire for death, but you spend time imagining how you may die. You have no desire for failure, but you start, you try to imagine how you, and I believe that hell starts in the soul. What does the Bible talk about? It says there's torment. And I think if the residence of fear in the heart of a man is where hell starts. And, and it's not just the burning of the body with fire. No, it's just the fact that you are as a sense of hopelessness and separation from possibility and from God. I say do not lend your imagination to the devil. And you know what happens when you want to lend people things. If Busola comes to me and says, you know, um, Idris, can you please lend me your car? I like my car. I have only one car for now. Like that. So I'll say, yeah, Busola, you know, I like you. We go to the same church. But why should I? What's, what happened to your own car? Then maybe when I hear how she used her car, I'm not saying, um, my car is really due for service, you know. It's just, <laughs> but I would lend Busola my car on most days. Okay. Uh, she's a very, she drives well. Okay? But why do you lend your imagination to the devil? 
The Bible says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So why would you then carry, say here, borrow. In 30 minutes, you're just sitting down. They're playing home video for you with your life. It's showing you your life. You're not turning out well. Showing you that when you go to work this week, it will be terrible. You've not even started the week. The sadness that is in your heart is, is massive. And, you know, so this is why I have a problem with people who say, oh, it's Saturday, Sunday evening, I'm feeling sad already. I'm like, God forbid. Why? Because you imagine that the week is going to be tough and bad. David says, why, oh, my soul, are you downcast? So an active body, a mind that is nimble. So when you go to people who help, you know, uh, people with, with occasions of sadness or incidents of sadness, they will examine how you think, how you use your mind. Same people presented with the same facts. They process it differently. Twelve spies go into the promised land. Ten say we are dead. Two say we can do this. It's not a fable. It happened. Two people approaching Monday morning. One person says, I'm finished. The other person says, Mondays are for miracles. The third one, I like to call a stepping spirit. I was going to call it a hot stepping spirit, but I'm not young enough to understand what hot stepping means. So I don't like this. Because... And I get this from Galatians chapter 5 and verse 25. The Bible says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Now, you know what it means to keep in step, right? It means you understand, so you're following the music that is issuing, the rhythm that is issuing, coming forth from the Holy Ghost. All of you know that one person who only has one dance step. It doesn't matter if the band is playing a fast song. That dance step is, is the same. That's the one they're going to dance. Before they came to church, they decided that's how they're going to dance. <laughs> two, days, two Sundays ago, they talked about forgiveness in our church. So that person, you know, says, it doesn't matter what music they're playing. Okay, so not church. Okay, let me come to where you are. When you go to the club. Ah, so there's no... Uh, <laughs> looking away. They don't mention my name here. P. I save, save my spiritual reputation. When we go to the club and you know there's one guy, everybody just does after a while. It's only one step, one step. He took a while to learn that shaku shaku. It doesn't matter what they are playing. That's the one he's going to dance. And Paul says there is a concept called keeping in step with the Spirit. It means observing how the Holy Spirit is going. What he's saying. So I say relish and invest in your communion with God. Invest in your communion with God. Why? Look, God is the happiest person I know. God is the happiest person I know. And, and we must stay in touch with him. I mean, I said a couple of weeks ago, you can inherit the disposition of those who are closest to you. Jesus, after his resurrection, meets the two disciples on the way to Emmaus, verse 20, Luke 24, verse 17. And he says to them, what manner of communication are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? He says, look, what is this conversation? So you, I don't know if it's happened to you before, but you wake up, normal day, you just enter the office. Then you meet this guy in the office, Tolu. Let's use that example. When Tolu tells you what management are doing, 
<laughs> you say, eh? They fired him, and they shared all the money. They shared all the money. They said they want to even reduce salary. Are you joking? He says, you know, uh, you know, Mr. Kunle, the one in strategy. They fired him to say, ah. And the MD liked. He said MD liked it, but they fired him. Why? He says, you know how they do in this place. There's a lot of nepotism. I say even tribalism and corruption, corruption. And then you know when you live there, you feel. And I, I don't know if it's, I mean I remember this happening to me at least on two jobs. You leave that conversation, that communication, and you feel sad. But staying with the Holy Ghost. What does the Bible say in Psalm 16 and verse 11? It says, you show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So I want to hang around God enough to pick up his disposition. I want to wake up in the morning and spend time talking to my father. I was telling them on Wednesday how people have come to say to me, uh, oh, that my EA Caleb behaves like me once in a while. As much as I find it uh, interesting, okay? But as we're driving the other day and he was talking to someone and he said, on the phone, he said, Mama. I looked at the person next to me and said, Mama, get... That's what I call people who I'm fond of. Like, say, you know, mama. When did you start calling people mama? What's that? No, but no, you know, no, you know. But even where you speak, so I don't know if you've hung around people before who say things in a particular way, even accents. You didn't travel to the U.S. Your three closest friends, they've traveled. They come by, they're speaking, ain't it, ain't it, ain't it, ain't it. By the second week, you join, ain't it. And then relax, relax. <laughs> and it's the same thing about emotions and how we pick things from the presence of God. How do you spend time with God and come out sad? Even if you go into God's presence and he just says, you are a coconut head. What were you doing in the club yesterday? Did it? If I can start saying the one people are But what were you doing in the club yesterday? That dance you were dancing. It's not like that. But you leave God's presence rare that you would find condemnation. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation. So if your heart is heavily weighed with condemnation, you need to check the source. It is not God. It is not God. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. You know, it's not, you don't just press it. You know, we're used to just pressing things and things come out. Fruits are nurtured. You plant, you water it. Train in the Holy Ghost. It's like giving your soul an oil service. And so I say, look, let the oil, it says to Samuel, it says, fill your horn with oil and go. Let the oil of the Holy Spirit, as you have a stepping spirit, a spirit that is, Paul calls it in one place, fervent, but is open unto God. I keep saying to people, look, the world is too tough, harsh, and just sin reading for you to live dislocated from God. Prayer is not so that you can say, I have prayed. No, it's a survivor skill. Ah, look, man, I mean, and it ranges from Arsenal losing, you know, to, to, to politics, to traffic. How, if I one time we put up a post on social media that how can you stay in Lagos and pray once a day? How? You have to have frequent prayer. Check in with God. So often. 
The fourth one, I think this is the last one, is this keeping heart. And this is just about movement. The psalmist, or the writer of the book of Proverbs says, A merry heart, Proverbs 17, 22. Does good like medicine. It says, but a broken spirit dries up the soul or the bones. In the Amplified, it says, a happy heart is good medicine and a joyful mind causes healing. But a broken spirit dries up the bones. So I say, is there music in your soul, in your heart? A cheerful heart. If I think it was two weeks ago where I was saying that we all carry dispensaries, pharmacies, hospitals within our souls. Our very souls have the capacity to provide healing to our physical bodies. So a cheerful heart. Which is why, I mean, I don't judge people who say they love, say, what are your favorite movies? I just love horror movies. I don't judge them. Okay, that's not, that's not true. I judge them sometimes. I judge them. I just feel that, like, oh, you must just be overflowing with joy. I just wake up and use your own hand to press, play, horror movie. I'm like, how? But I just think that you're overflowing with so much joy, you want to neutralize it a bit and bring yourself. That's all right. That's all right. But I, I share with you my life. I don't, when they say, they say there's blood inside. I don't watch. I don't, no, no I'm not joking. They say, say gory, uh, warning, gory images. I don't watch. I don't click. People that know me, uh, when I get home, one of the things I do to distress is to watch. Uh, I have a particular series I watch. All right, I don't want to share, so I'm not going to mention <laughs> because I like to laugh. Oh, yeah, I like to laugh. I love people who make me laugh because laughter allows light into your soul. I mean, I, I like to have people around. I mean, Ogachuku is my where's my wife. My wife is around. My wife is a reasonably cheerful person reasonable okay and i mean it's it's hard to be around my wife and not and not be happy she's got energy okay? she's a, i mean she's, she's um the people in church who uh, where's where uh, i call her sunny if you ever sunny sunny is there and there is i call her sunny that's foolish sunshine you have full, sometimes you, see, you just see foolish like sister are you high why <laughs> you know it's not, you know, it's hard, to, it's hard to leave for Lucia's presence and be unhappy. And a skipping, a skipping heart. So just bringing your heart to a place where it is not carrying burdens that it was not created to carry. And it's important about family. So I said to people, look, the Bible says God sets the solitary in family. One of my favorite scriptures in Hebrews chapter 3 says to encourage one another as long as it is called today. I say every single person who is a Christian named by the Lord Jesus Christ, with the Lord Jesus Christ, requires a daily dose of encouragement. And all this, I don't need encouragement. It's okay. So I say be careful before you throw away your family. Because God does not put us in family by mistake. It's sometimes just for the sake of the state of your heart. Say, so be careful about isolation, but it's not engineered by God. Um, there's something I've been saying for the last couple of months. And I'll say this to you. I've never seen a generation of people more exposed, at least in our country, more exposed, more wealthy. I mean, some of us here have touched money at 25 
that your parents at 50 had not touched. And you know it. Some of us here have traveled to countries. I mean, if you've not traveled physically, you have traveled socially. <laughs> you can describe the street. I was just told, you said that place near Harrods. After Harrods, look two buildings on your left. And it's just social media. You know it. Google Maps and all that. But you've been places. I mean, some of you have sat with presidents, ministers. So I, I know I say to people, I said people are living a life now at 25, 23, that people used to have only lived by the time they were 50. But there is something that interests me. Because I say to them, I say, look, I find that people were happier years ago. They had far less, had achieved. I mean, some of you have cars that your parents only saw in magazines. You even have DSTV with all the different stations. At least I can speak for myself. When I was talking about this, I don't know that movie I was talking about. Inside Out. That movie didn't reach Benin. <laughs> I didn't get there. Oh, people laughing. He didn't get to Agbo either. <laughs> if he didn't get to Benin, he didn't get to Agbo and the other people. I saw people laughing at that. But my point was with the older generation, and I'm going to have to put this together now. Jesus, that's my superpower, shade. Okay. <laughs> um, with the older generation, why did they, why did they have, because people were, look, people were not, they were, because let me tell you guys, and be careful before you say you are depressed, because there are clinical definitions for depression. That you are sad is no doubt, but people were, I, I, I'm trying to remember growing up and telling my uncle comes, I'm just sad, no. And do you know why? Because there was such a sense of community. So, I, I don't have the money, but our brother Chinedu, has money. <laughs> you had no, and, it, and so, so, Kule, our, I said my uncle Kule is a lawyer. It was as if I was the lawyer. I was sure that any legal matter was sorted. I didn't even have to worry. And what you find is that there was a heightened sense of community. And I find that there's so much, there's so many isolated people in our generation. So it's only you who wants to be your lawyer, or your doctor, your fashion designer, your banker, you are, you are everything to yourself. So we're skipping heart, a heart that is not alone, a heart that is full of light. To deliberately infuse happiness into your heart. I I, I don't take this discussion about sadness lightly. Um, I I know the crippling effects of sadness. And someone says, look, when, when do I seek professional help? Should I seek professional help? And I say to people two things. When it gets you to the place where you're unable to function properly, when it gets you to the place where you're hurting yourself, then you should seek doctor. The Bible says in Daniel, I think Daniel 1, it says God is the one that gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that have understanding. A couple of months, years ago, I preached the message, does God want me? to be happy. I think that's the message. Um, yeah, the wrap up. As we look through scriptures, you kind of keep finding God referring to his interventions in the lives of people, ending so he would say, you know, you would have peace. You would have joy. You would have hope. You would have, you know, clarity. You, you kind of find God um, ending his discussions with people and telling them, you're going to be fine emotionally. When we started this discussion a couple of weeks ago, 
I said to us that my sensing of this whole thing is that God is saying to some people, your emotional state is standing in the way of the fulfillment of purpose. Your emotional state is standing. And I read a couple of scriptures, Acts chapter 8. The apostles look at the gentleman and says, we perceive that there is bitterness in your heart. The preceding verse, they say, you will partake, you will have not, no portion in this ministry. There's someone here who, look, your promotion at work is actually dependent on you becoming happier. Because they want to promote you. They know you are good. Ah, that boy. Ah, he, he's good. He says, but, ah, it's too negative. It's too, I know it's too negative. There's a girl, a lady, if I may, and they want to promote you. Just, ah, they know you are good, but by the time they put it together, they advise everybody just say, but she's not nice. She's not nice at all. There's something, see, there's just something coming out. And as I'm saying this, you are thinking of somebody else. Oh my God is trying to talk to you. <laughs> there is some, sometimes people just see and say, ah, this boy is angry. We don't know who did him what, but he's angry. And they said, should we promote him? They said, no, if we promote him, he can burn down the whole building. Last week when we talked about Absalom, we spoke about how he cultivated anger in his heart for two years. Killed his brother, brought down the entire kingdom. And so the guys are looking at you at work and say, we're not promoting you. Associate you are, associate you will be. Because they say, if we promote you, you're bringing down this firm. Just write one big letter, publish on social media. This company is rubbish. I don't know who God is calling to movement in different places. A nimble heart, a nimble soul, mind, a skipping heart, a stepping spirit, an active body. I don't know who God, and I, and I, and I as you know, in my mind, the model came together so that for different people, as you yield to the Holy Spirit, that what is the path of healing for you begins to evolve. I have personal habits, you know, prayer, worship, the choice of things I surround myself with, the choice of things I do, exercise. I play tennis every Sunday religiously, maybe once or twice a week, religiously. It's not that I play very well. I just, when I'm on the court, the guys at the coach or whatever say, turn, hit the ball well. Oh God. My mind, I say, you think I'm here for you. I just, <laughs> I'm telling you, I tell them I'm solving for my happiness. Just be there. when I was preparing for this, you know, I got this impression about people, God says, you know, your, your imagination is such a powerful tool. And it says it's not even just about you not trying to, this is how I, in my heart, you trying, not trying to just imagine bad things. God says, you're not, your imagination is, you're not paying for it. It's not like airtime. What stops you from sitting yourself down, taking the promises of God and begin to write a new script on the tablets of your heart about your life. See yourself with Ini finally agreeing to be I'm prophesying <laughs> agreeing to marry you. See yourself as the CEO of whatever company it is. See yourself pleasing God in every way. See yourself becoming a person of influence. A leader in your generation. Healthy. Seeing yourself with a blessing in your church, having houses everywhere you desire to, right? What stops you from doing that? It says, Samuel, it says, how long? How long? For someone even just picturing yourself in heaven, because heaven is meant to make us happy. Just thinking about the fact that 
in the most dramatic moment of all, when you hear the trumpet sound, da da da, what and how it's going to, but that you'll just be miraculously lifted out of traffic. Huh. I don't know if there'll be time to make one last Instagram post as we go, <laughs> but if there is, that's my last post. I'm out of here, guys. <laughs> if you are reading this. <laughs> We warned you. <laughs> no, no, that's bitterness. Can you stop him now? Ah, no, bitter. No, no, so you have to just say, sorry about that, you know, and, and all that stuff. <laughs> but um, sadness sometimes is a choice. Joy is a choice. This morning, I just want us to, it's a very simple prayer. I want you to just please hold someone's hands. And I know we're sitting on mats, so it's natural to them do the whole kumbaya or something finish the whole picture but let me just hold someone's hands and we normally start our prayers by praying in the Holy Spirit not because it's not religious it's just so that you, you get clarity sometimes you get utterance from the Holy Ghost I normally advise people to do that so just pray in the Spirit one minute over that person's life oh, and Isaiah 61 says that God gives that person you're holding beautiful ashes. He says he wants to comfort that man, that woman who you are holding. Tolu, Kechuku, Martins, Shubami, Okochuku, Ogogo. He wants to comfort that person. And so would you let your prayer over that life this morning be a bridge between heaven and earth. And it doesn't have to be a complex prayer. You might you don't have to have big prayer language. It's just you say, God, come through for this person. That they will not carry burdens that have not come from heaven, from, from hell, from heaven. That they will only, only trees that God has planted will take root within their hearts. Why don't you declare that their bodies are active? Declare that their spirits are in step with the Holy Ghost. Declare that their horns are not empty of oil. Declare that they are moving. They are moving. So maybe for someone just begin to speak over their lives and just say, move, move. Ilipranda mare brosh kalaba rebra gadash kalipare brosh among the moves shakare bones and makila banda namabai move move Jesus says move that stone e de nesekete liparanda magados e from little things to big things alabondo no pragadanda maya kalabada dabash e kalalabanda mandele baranda miyakos that sadness that wastes strength. It will not be their portion. It will not find space in their life. No. Move. 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 Says the whipping may last for the night. It says, but the joy comes in the morning. Would you declare that morning has come over that life? I don't know who you are holding. I don't know where they have been. But child of God, would you declare that morning has come over that life? Would you declare that morning has come over that life? Would you declare that morning has come over that life? Would you declare that they are rooted and established in the love of God? That when they wake up, there is a witness of the love of God around them. That when they go out in the morning, 
they will see the sun and understand that God loves them. That when they come back at night, they will see the stars and know that God loves them. Would you declare that they are rooted and established? Rooted and established. Rooted and established. Rooted and established in the love of God. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Etalabas. Our Father, you are the one who heals us. 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 Could we just pray in the Spirit for two minutes? As God who heals us. Everybody, whether they're playing the drums, manning the instruments, wherever you are, would you just pray in the Spirit? It is God who heals us. You said your word and you healed all our disease. You are the one who heals us. You are the one who heals us. There is balm in Gilead. There is balm in Gilead. You are the one who heals us. It doesn't matter how long. He said it has been 38 years. It doesn't matter how long. Yeah, I know it's an old song, but you're the one, you're the Lord who heals me. Do you know how to sing it? You are the Lord. Our Father, we thank you. You are the Lord. You said Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.